Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. It's me, Austin. I did it for the rock. Oh, shut your mouth, you thong wearing fatty. Number four, arm bar. I am Sir Michael Cole. What? Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Grapplecast. It's me, as always, your host, Taryn, and I'm joined alongside just Dan this evening. How are we doing, Dan? What's up, Boosh? Yeah, really good, mate. How are you keeping? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I say not too bad. Did you see Raw this week? <laughs> I actually did. I, I actually enjoyed it for a change. There was a couple no. of solid matches on there, but I think I said to you while I was watching it, I thought it went on for longer than it usually does. Usually, like, a Raw would take me about an hour this one felt like it took like two two and a half but actually if you look at it and look at the segments and the matches actually it was really good so looking back at it i enjoyed it more than watching it during well time, which was decent well as you know by now most of the time with raw and even smack out lately i'll jump online i'll read the results and i'll go yeah I'll, I'll youtube it this week instead of watching it live i just can't put myself through it at the minute and then i saw this week's as well and i thought well apart from edge returning and am i right in saying he's starting a feud with the miz because Maurice yeah. was back as well, wasn't she? So Probably like three highlights of Raw. Uh, that was one of them. It was kind of mirrored on the CM Punk MJF thing that they did on AEW. Uh, but the women's 10-man tag, really solid. Um, they put over Liv quite well as well. So um, all in all, that was decent. And there were some good promo segments as well. They're building towards day one, finally. It's for like a five-six-week uh, five, build. I know, it's the worst paper in the world. But I've got to be fair, it was good. And I just watched Raw highlights now. It's not often I rewatch it. Um, usually, I, I want, can't wait to get away from it, but it's actually pretty decent this week. Well, we'll see what happens with the build-up to day one. I wait that with bated breath for our um, <laughs> January the 1st predictions, ready for our new prediction league, uh, all ready to start. But we've got a very special episode um, this week. We're actually joined by a guest. So from the great feedback we had from uh, a few weeks ago with Championship Wrestling Entertainment and having their promoter Josh on, we thought we would branch out and we'll get some talent um some independent wrestling talent all the way from Wales on this week. And I'm very happy to say that we are joined by the workhorse himself, Brendan White. How are we doing, Brendan? Oh, I'm really good, mate. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I just came back from a, a, a Defend uh, tournament on the weekend and it was a very, very good show. Probably the best independent wrestling show I've been a part of. So, uh, yeah, oh, it's pretty fantastic. cool. Was that was that Saturday, Sunday? Or all well, weekend? Um, I was originally booked on a show on the Saturday, so I couldn't do the Saturday. But the Sunday, I... Uh, I wrestled Lover Diva Tail in the only I've only ever wrestled three women and it was probably one of the best matches I've ever had. <laughs> Fantastic. Learn experience, yes. <laughs> As it always is, I'm sure. Mm. Well, so this week, um we were saying before we started recording yourself and Dan um have known each other for quite a while now, and I know Dan's really been looking forward to having you on the show as long as myself. So Dan's put together a whole host of questions to bombard you with for our special uh, edition episode this week. So yeah, um not something I usually do, but I'm gonna hand it over to Dan more or less for this episode. And yeah, let's jump in. <laughs> Go for it, Dan. Yeah, no worries. I mean, I know we usually talk around the uh, the kitchen sink in work uh, about wrestling <laughs> and all sorts, but it's ten. It generally is like get to know you as a wrestler more than anything. I know Brendan, the guy. You know, nice see you in the pub and we've had coffee around the sink all, all in all. But um, just wanted to know a little bit more about your actual wrestling career and your journey more than anything. Um, sure. The the first, I'm just kicking off really, like the start of your journey um, in terms of specific what what 
made you become uh, a wrestler or wanting to get into wrestling? Was there a specific match or was there a specific person who might have persuaded you to sort of get into it? Well, um, yeah, actually, uh, I was about three years old, three or four years old. I watched the first um, King of the Ring tournament. And I always remember being a, a kid. I was like like three years old. And I remember like watching like a crush and doing the clown match, uh, Shawn Michaels match. And like, and then it was like two doinks and it was like two clowns. I was like, what the hell's going on? Um, and then obviously the Bret Hart trilogy of matches. Then I remember him versus Ramon, him versus Perfect, and him versus Bam Bam Bigelow. And even to this day, when I go back and watch them now, it's probably three of the strongest matches of a show with one wrestler adapted to different styles. So I think that King of the Ring tournament, man, that, that was the very first time I came across wrestling. And um, I think always from there, I always fell in love with wrestling. You know, uh, that was never the point where I was like, all right, I'm going to be a wrestler. But that was the point where I was like, I'm a wrestling fan, you know? No, I know what you mean. I think we've all had those moments, even like, you know, we've never been wrestlers, but we've always, you, every, you say to somebody, how did you get into wrestling? And a lot of people say, oh, you know, my friends were talking about it in school, so I started to watch it because everybody else liked it. But I always remember my parents were out working nights, we had a babysitter, and she let us stay up and have some toast um, and watch the old WCW. If we behaved, we could stay mm. up and watch the wrestling. And we, you know, I'm, I'm a WWE guy. Was that on WWE. Channel 5? It was, yeah. And it was on what just was that called? Oh. <laughs> was it on at like a ridiculous o'clock in the morning as well, like two o'clock in the morning? For another... Yeah, no, it was a that. stupid time on Channel 5. I remember yeah. the first time. I saw WCW was on Channel 5 because uh, I'd always just watched WWE, WWF. And it was it must have been Vampiro um, coming down to the ring. And I just remember watching it and thinking, I'm changing the channel. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, but but that is interesting, though, because I say that. But then, like, I didn't watch wrestling. I, re I watched wrestling very intimately. Like, I watched, like, my, I used to borrow tapes and stuff. And my old man used to come back with tapes and stuff. But... It's only when wrestling was on Channel 4, I think it was. Uh, so I'm it. talking like Royal Rumble 2000. So at this point, I'm like 10, 11 years old now. 11, I think. And um, I remember watching the Cactus Jack Triple Street Fight. And I was like, oh, this is pretty awesome. So, um, and obviously, I'm I'm close friends with, um, obviously, Flash, Morgan Webster, and Wild Bull. And uh, I used to, like, borrow tapes off Gav. So, so we'd, like, so I'd tape his tape sort of thing. So, like, all of Royal Rumble from, like, 2000 onwards, that's when I was, like, hardcore wrestling fan then you know and uh, i used to backyard wrestle as well so i used to wrestle in the gardens and stuff and we did that from like i don't know maybe 13 to like 17. uh i used to like wrestle all the time in the back gardens and stuff and uh yeah it was always a thing like i was just like i i when i when i talking about it now i've never really imagined my life with not with not wrestling if that makes sense so i can't really pinpoint when but i've always been wrestling since i was like 13 sort of thing so it's kind of crazy when you put it like that i guess it's strange with the Welsh scene as well, because I know um, my good friend Dean, um, he, he used to do the backyard and like he doesn't do any, any wrestling or anything like that anymore. I know, Taryn, you had a little bit um, up north when you were young, um, like backyarding used to be um, quite a thing. I think we were all quite inspired by it. We all wanted to see if we could do sort of the moves. But it was that when, when you met Boar and when you met um, Flash? Uh, is that yeah. when you first met? Yeah, so I was, just, I was in school with them, Lass. So, um, so I was a rugby lad, like, you know what I mean? I played rugby and football a lot and stuff. And... Uh, I found out they were wrestling and stuff, and I was a bit like, and this this is a theme that will go on for a while. Um, but I was like, oh, I like wrestling, but I don't really want to get involved in it. You know, I was like, well, but uh, yeah, I end up going down eventually, and I end, I end up like having some wrestling matches and stuff, and then I just really enjoyed it and stuff. And uh, we used to travel like, uh, you know, we were from Blinder, but we used to go to like Luton, we used to go to Newcastle, we used to wrestle on mats and stuff there. Um, you know, we met so many people in the backyard. Um, Will Osprey, for example. Uh, you know, I knew him before 
you, you ever made it big. Um, uh, you know, just so many different people I met in backyard. And so like when I did that for so many years and then I stopped for so many years, um, by the time I got back into wrestling, it was weird because my best friend, Bo, he was a coach then. And I was a bit like, oh, this is weird for me because he's my friend outside of wrestling. And uh, <laughs> it's quite weird because I've, I've got a, a few relationships in wrestling, like about four or five good relationships in wrestling who were pretty much like before I wrestled or anything like that. So it's kind of a weird take for me. It's probably humbling as well. So when the time came when I wanted to be a wrestler, and obviously there's a definitive moment in my life where I decided to be a wrestler because I, I trained pro wrestling on and off for years. And um, when I did want to become a wrestler, like my best friend was my coach, which is really weird. Um, but yeah. It's a bit strange, isn't it? Because you've got, um, you've got that friend sort of barrier um, where, you know, you're good mates and you can go to the pub and chat about anything. But then also you want to have proper feedback. I know when we yeah. started um, doing the podcast a year ago, we said to all of our friends, oh, listen to the podcast, you know, let us know what you think. And everyone's always really positive, but you go to some people, no, give me some negative. I really want some negatives. And you've got to like look back and go, okay, I was talking fast there or I was doing that here. But sometimes you're looking for those negatives because I think that in life in general, you learn from them, don't you? So I know what you mean in terms of having a friend who's also a coach. You're like, are you just mm -hmm. saying that because you're my mate? Or are you saying that because I actually was pretty decent oh, or I actually no, they, 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 no it's not like that I mean it's brutal they were brutal he, <laughs> probably way worse on me than there was anywhere else to be honest same, same with like obviously my first coach as well Birdie as well um, you know it's like you. I had those kind of coaches where like they told you like it is it was never any bullshit it was like and, that, and that's and that's when every, every time like in a, I was seeing and stuff when the newer wrestlers come up and stuff and they ask me for feedback I tell them like it is and, and obviously it's a bit different now I can't I can't see like directly to him so i have to be a bit nicer about it but it was just always a way i wasn't not being nasty it was just always the way i was like no i was told directly and i'm, I'm being told directly it's not rude it's just being told as it is and uh you know you can't do that these days because obviously people grow up in different eras and different times and things are different now and you know so you kind of have to think about what you're saying to them without offending a certain person or whatever it is i'm not saying i've done that because i haven't but it's just i'm yeah, you know, I've I'm learning on the job in terms of social skills because uh, you know me and work as well. You know, outside of wrestling, I'm quite a direct person. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a good bit. It's a good bit of banter. I know that we've always um, had a good laugh about it, um, <laughs> and especially I remember with WrestleMania last year, we were having a good debate about the favorite wrestling matches. Oh yes, we did, yeah. I yeah. think I commented on your Twitter, and I think we were waiting for WrestleMania to start. And we ended up having a two or three our um banter yeah. or discussion about favorite matches and why ones didn't qualify and things but like you yeah, said we it's, did. It, we did. We it's did. certain banter in it it's um like I, I i've spoken to you for years i know how, how, you know you, you talk and things but um i know what you mean um with some certain people you could say certain feedback and it might not go as well or might um not some people might not take it on board and stuff but um i know with you, you and stuff i've seen you being receptive and uh taking yeah. on board all sorts and also um with the dragon pro lot as well feeding back and helping the lads uh, and ladies as much as you can as well yeah. um with your training though i mean i know you mentioned you did the backyard and stuff but was there like i know you have there's like the dragon pro now um or ones to that effect down in Cate's, you've got a certain training facility where you help to train and put on shows but was there a specific um promotion or um area that you actually got into that started to show you the ropes um not really i because I, when i was backyard in uh, me Bo and flash used to go to like um uh it was like mwa hammerlock or so nwa wales with birdie um and ed ferris like trainers back in the day yeah. i'm talking like like probably like 2008 or so, so, yeah where i was about 15 16 there um yeah like 
like at this point, by the way, like Flash and Ball were like in on wrestling, but I was always like out because I was like, uh, I don't really want my friends to know I wrestle and stuff. I was kind of like that. I was, and you know, that's my cross to bear. But um, I used to go, I used to go to a couple of train sessions there, and then it came to a point then where um, university was coming up and stuff. So like I, I was kind of like this is because like, I was training on and off like a little bit there, but I never, I, I did like on and off sessions like probably like maybe I don't know. Uh, 12 14 15 sessions and i was kind of and obviously i knew to do moves because back in the day like professional wrestling scene back then was like learn holes and stuff whereas because we were all backyarders we, we knew to do tilt wheel head scissors and, and crazy shit like that like, you know what i mean we, we knew to do all that but back then i was like frowned upon because you're a backyard or whatever um scenes are different though but uh yeah i i, I kind of did that for a little bit i quit then for about six years because i went to uni and then you know when i graduated then um I just never saw wrestling as a thing for me to do. Um, but then, obviously, when my long-term relationship ended then, because I was with a girl for, like, six six years, um, I decided to kind of started to go back into wrestling a bit then. And that's when I found training in, in like, Port Albert. So I went, like, um, uh, Welsh wrestling in Port Albert, I think it was. And this is, this is probably, like, the tail end of 2013, I'm talking about. So I'm, like, 20, 22, 23. Um, and... Uh, Four then was a coach, and then Big Dog was a coach. Uh, so them two, and that's when I became friends with um, uh, Steph Tiganox. So that's when me and her first met, and um, yeah, just went there for a bit. And obviously, I wasn't committed, so I started long distance running instead. So I quit again for a year because um, I went a couple <laughs> sessions there, and I was like, yeah, so it's all right. But I just my first session back there, I was like, I vomed everywhere because I just I was hangover for my first session there. So that, that was oh, a fun no. story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I quit there for a year, and it's only probably like. Uh, probably like mid to any 14 when I started taking dress and training a bit seriously. And obviously when I started to get the ball rolling, being consistent, obviously that's when like the cancer deal happened. And then I had to go, I had to quit for like a year then because I was like 25 when that happened then when I was got off a match. And I had, I had a couple of months off um, to recover. And then I made my debut then probably 20, 2015, 2016, I think it was. Yeah, I was, I was, I was 26 when I made my debut. Anyway, so that was, that was like five years ago now. Enough. Yeah, yeah. That's, about that. that's yeah. not too bad. Do you, it's good that you managed to come back from that as well. Sorry, to well, on. like to be honest, with cancer is probably the best and worst thing to ever happen to me. Is is the oh. worst thing, obviously, like health wise and like I nearly died wise. But in terms of like, you know, I give up a lot of things, and I was like, I made my choice to be a wrestler. So I was like, you know, if I look back at my five year old self, would he be proud of me? And I was like, well, he wouldn't be proud of you unless you pursued what you wanted to do. And that's why I've kind of. I feel like in life, in, in life in general, I feel like I'm, I'm a bit of a failure because I've not achieved what I wanted to. I've, I've not kind of followed through my degree and all these kind of things I could have done. But um, when it comes to like all that, I always compare to like, what do I actually want to do? And to be honest with you, nothing else matters for me now until, you know, as long as I'm doing what I'm doing and being happy. And um, yeah, I'm at a weird point in my life now where I'm like, I've given up a lot of things now. So I just got to make it work. Like, you know, and um, you know, I'm doing pretty well at the moment and I just got to keep kind of doing my thing, I guess. Yeah, no, and I agree. And you are, you know, are doing really well. I know um, only the other week you were in um, Cardiff and I remember a couple of weeks ago, um, me and my bro, Joe, um, who was also on the podcast, um, we were in Cheltenham just randomly. You know me, I'm always going here, there and everywhere, going to different towns and cities, having coffees and having walks around. And I walked past the market and ended up seeing your face just on a poster in the, in the middle of uh, Cheltenham. I'm thinking, hang on a minute. And it was um, the SWW where um, I've just come yeah. to Cardiff. Um, yeah. I thought, hang on a minute, I saw you on the poster. So, you know, it goes to show that 
you the, the work does pay off and you're putting in the work and uh, the in-ring work as well like you look through say two three years ago uh, which uh, when you were at wrestled Pete Dunn, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. But then you, I watched your match um, today where you had the tag team title match um, on there. And, you know, you look at the, the difference. To, I mean, both really good matches. But you can see the follow-on from two, three years ago onto that match as well. Yeah. Uh, the in-ring work, how you guys present yourself, how you walk to the ring, the backstage promo at the start of the show as well. Um, you know, you can certainly see it. The work definitely does pay off as you, uh, as you sort of go through it. So it really does work out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you can see the physique changes from like when I wrestled Pete to when I wrestled on Progress, for example. It's just, it's just like you know, one one is like starting to become a wrestler, and the other one is a wrestler. You know, and it's kind of it's a couple of points in my wrestling career where I think how bad I was at wrestling and how good I was. And the Pete match actually is probably the first time I realized how bad I was because I used to think I was good then. You know, I thought I was really good back then, and uh, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I realized how, how bad I was when I wrestled Pete. Yeah. It was all right. With, I know that I mentioned we talked about it in a bit, but I'll, I'll mention it now. I mean, I, I rewatched that match again today. Um, really good, solid 15 minute match. I know you're saying, oh, how bad it was back then, but I look at it and I'm thinking, no, actually, it was really good. There was a bit at the start with the throw into the coats, and then you tried to throw it at him, but it didn't quite get to him. Um, That's a fun story about that. Do you know why I didn't throw it so hard? Go on. I had my mobile phone in the, po- in the pocket. And I was like, I didn't want to break my phone. So, like, that makes sense. When he threw it at me, I was like, oh, shit, I got to throw it back. And I was like, oh, I got my iPhone in you. I was like, oh. Have it, yeah. Um, though the match itself is good, it's just I wasn't good, and we can go into that a bit more later. But uh, yeah, I'll explain a few things to you. No, that's fair. I mean, I when I watched it, like you can hear the crowd, and that's one of the main things that I picked up on. On it, it started off like everybody was really excited to see Pete done there. Um, mm. and he came out, and I remember you know, he was there and he was signing all the autographs, he's really um friendly with everybody but some um, people were cheering him because he had the title he brought the title with him yeah it's big big wwe guy but there's a moment about four or five minutes into the match where the crowd turn um and i know like i was in the crowd um there was a couple of the lads from work like christy in the crowd my bro mm. in the crowd um guys that you know um you know good friends and you can actually hear you can pick out certain voices cheering but then the crowd as a whole sort of come behind you um, and get behind you. And you can see the turning point in the match with that as well, uh, which was quite good to see. And if anybody, anyone listening to the podcast hasn't seen it, just search Brendan White on YouTube. And I think it's like the second one on there. Um, it was nice because I, I remember it from two, three years ago, but actually to rewatch it um, earlier, really, really decent, just to re-see it. And the nostalgia moment more than anything. I was trying to see myself in the crowd as well, but it was that dark in there. I couldn't really spot it. Yeah. No, it was, it was a couple of things that went on that match. Like, again, whenever you get to that point, talk, but I'll, I'll kind of talk about it then. But it's like, uh, there's a few points in that match where I'll, I'll go into detail on and kind of, uh, you'll, you'll realise what it was like to beat me on that night because it was a strange time, really strange time. I, I can imagine, yeah, especially having that ball dropped on you. Um, yeah. but, I mean, to, to get to the journey to that point as well, um, I know you mentioned of the sort of learning the ropes and, and starting to travel across the country, but were there like certain promotions that you went into and um, things, uh, areas that you went to that were a little bit different, um, you know, ICW or, or Progress? Yeah, so like, I, I was one of those wrestlers, and to be honest with you, I'll say it straight, and, and I think this is not a good thing what I'm about to say now, I got given a lot of opportunities really early on in my career. Like my third ever match was a, was a was an attack match, which and like you know you talk to her like when, when attack was a thing, like nobody wrestled an attack in their third ever match. My fourth ever match was attack main event. Like that that never happens, you know. What I mean, it does not happen. And um, yeah, so like my first match against Bo in Dragon Pro, I remember that going 
loads better. I didn't have my own pair of wrestling boots at that point. Um, I bought Big Dogs, who was like a size 13, and I was like size 10. So, uh, yeah, I remember that match going like ridiculously well because obviously I'm friends with Boss, so it was like a fine. Um, but that attack match was like, I was in there with Eddie, Eddie Dennis and Mike Bird in my third ever match. And I just remember being in the corner again that, that everything chopped out of me, like my soul again chopped out of me. I, I took about 50 chops in the corner that day, right? And my chest was bleeding. It was, uh, well, it was like trickling. I was like, oh, great. But no, I used to like, I did attack very early on. I used to rest, like one of my, one of my kind of promotions I quite fond of. And even now I'll always go back. Um, and I do quite work from quite regularly. And I, and cause they give me a chance before everyone else did. It was like evolution wrestling. It's a place in Bristol. And, uh, yeah, they booked me like, and they, they working in front of that kind of crowd where like, you know, they don't know who you are and, and some some shows they just didn't draw well at times where there's like six people in the crowd getting to wrestle in front of six people and stuff and you know learning trying new stuff and obviously not being scared to make a mistake because then only six people watch it that kind of stuff and obviously welsh wrestling as well was a was a big thing early on as well where i just like learned to kind of just be in front of a crowd because when you learn wrestling you learn moves and then you don't think about selling or crowd what crowd are you in front of who are you wrestling uh you know, a structure of a match, how to put a match together, all these things are just not there. You just learn. It's like learning to drive. You know, you know, to kind of, you know, uh, you know, accelerate, go on, change gears and stuff. But then it's kind of when you're on the motorway, then what, what can happen? You know what I mean? It's, it's like that, very much so. How long did it take for you to get the gist of that? So obviously, you know, your, your first few matches or, or even your first match, you you told, this is who you're facing tonight. This is who you booked against. This is the finish. You know, this is any big, you know, spots that are going to happen in the match. Work yourself around in between yourselves. Now, how did you find that thinking, you know, God, now I've got to kind of think on my feet, react to what's happening to me, but also lead someone, you know, in your first match, for example, did you take any lead in that or was it your opponent at the time? How no, did that come down to? I, I was carried for that, 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 that match of ball. That, I was carried for that completely. Um, he, he just kind of gave me like an idea and he, he told me kind of certain things to do but again i didn't i didn't know things like uh what a shine was what a comeback was you know i didn't know what 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 you know a false finish was you know i mean like i obviously i watch it and i'm like oh that's a big near fall like but i didn't know what that was in terms of a, putting it together in a match so um yeah that was trial and error for a very long time um i was probably about well the peak match i was probably my 105th match at the time so that's when I realized how bad it was, and I think from that point you could only get better. Then, and I, and I, I, I'm glad Dan brought that up actually because that was that, that was the one match where I realized how bad it was. And before that as well, I wrestled Flash Morgan website, a wicked one with him in the Cardiff. I, I, was, I had some good matches before that. You know, what I mean, I did have some good matches before that, but that's more to do with the person I was wrestling and how good they were and how well they knew me. And obviously with people like Flash and Bo, they, uh, you know, they knew me very well, so they knew how to get the best out of me. And I had a couple of other good matches as well. Don't get me wrong, but. When you when I think when you realize how bad you are, that's when you realize, all right, we we can go somewhere now. We can work with this. You know what I mean? And I think that was the day I I, I considered wrestling seriously at that point. You know what I mean? Because I always did consider wrestling seriously, but it was like, how serious do I take this? You know, how how good am I? How good can I be? And I think um, that 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 show was the the show for me where I was like, okay, I'm under five matches in now. I've had some good matches. I've done this. I've done that. But this is one way I was like actually i'm good enough you know what i mean but i need to be as bad i was first you know no that's fair i mean with that match as well i mean did pete speak to you afterwards um mm. i know that he was 
he was um, he needed to get back home and had other things going on. But did he sort of like have a chat with you, go through the yeah. match, or give you any sort yeah. of tips as well? Well, yeah. So you know, if you want to get into it now, yeah, um, absolutely. He taught me like after match, he was really happy with me and stuff. But the thing that I didn't anticipate was the crowd, like you said, about four or five minutes in, they turn right, and we had a match kind of mapped out where like I was going to be the villain the entire time and I was going to get the booze and stuff. When the crowd started shooting me, Pete changed things on, on the fly on me. He just completely changed everything on me. So everything we had planned was like out the window. And at one point, he was meant to be a bit where like, I think you've seen in a match where like, like he bends my thing, like I bend his fingers and he gives me the low blow. That was meant to be the other way around. Like he, I, I was meant to give him the low blow and stuff, but he did that on the fly. And uh, the other thing on the fly as well was uh, the better ends meant to be the finish. As he's pinning me, he tells me to kick out. I'm like, in the middle, like, and that's his finish at the time. He's WUK champion at the time. I'm like, in the middle of it, he's telling me to kick out. I'm like, what are you doing right now? And like, obviously, because <laughs> he's a WWE guy as well, some independent wrestler kicking out of his finish. It's just not heard of. But and then I just kicked out. And I just remember, like, that crowd was just like on fire. And, and I threw him about so many times. Like, like you can count how many bumps I give him. I give him like 16 or 17 kind of different kind of suplexes. I'm just like, now it hurts me to like because I can if somebody give me 16 70 suplexes in a match I'm fuming because I'm aching so bad the next day I'm like what the hell are you doing you absolute green on so for Pete to be so patient with me and take all that off me change things on the flight to me and just listen to the crowd he listened to the crowd that night and the thing is that's how good he is he listened to that crowd and he's like all right this is not working we need to change it you now and yeah he changed it and and that's why that's why I always remember that match being like oh how bad I was because I, I was just scared I was like what the hell's going on that the stuff we had planned we just didn't do it we just didn't do it we just did completely different things and um you know the the tombstone wasn't meant to be the finish uh you know kickouts were meant to be the finish I wasn't meant to hit the black or slam at some point I added it some other time there's so many different things in our match which changed me on the fly and if you notice if you watch our match back it's so bad as well no one's giving no one's in control how many times does he bump me about Zero, zero times. He does not bump me. He just bends my fingers. He kicks my leg. He pulls my face, twists my nipples. All those stuff I had a way bigger reaction, and all the stuff I give him, like a, a belly belly suplex, a German suplex, all the cool fancy moves, right? I give him. I give him a power bomb from stand from a from a triangle choke. I give him all these kind of stuff. Had a reaction, but the stuff he did had way better reaction than me, and he did hardly anything. And I was like, I'm so bad at wrestling because I'm I'm. I'm doing 16 suplexes a night, like you know, what I mean, I'm killing myself, and obviously, I'm killing my personal wrestling as well. I want people to want to wrestle me, you know. And uh, I was like, after that, I was like, actually, you don't need to do so much. You can do, you can make a lot less or a lot more, um, a lot more of a lot less, I should say. And it's not, it's not doing less is more. It's making making less mean more. And uh, after that, then I, you, you see me like my style. I just bring it right back, like you know, I kind of, I still do a lot, but it's like, but I. Do it in certain matches. If it's if it's not a match with card, I'm not doing 16 suplexes. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm I'm doing like one or two and like being nasty or one or two and like firing up. You know, and uh, that match taught me everything, man. Because he, he was like, he was super happy with me at the end. But like, if I was Pete in his shoes and I was W champion, why am I taking 16 sending bumps? Like, I would never, I, I wouldn't have done it at the time. But he did, and um, you know, same with Mark Andrews and all as well. When I wrestled Mark and stuff, I realized how bad I was when I wrestled Mark because like. And I wrestled Mark like literally a month before I wrestled Pete, and I was like, I was in a ring with him. I was just like, this guy's so good, and I'm so bad, you know. And it's just those kind of experiences you have. Um, and I think after like the 105th match, because a lot of wrestlers right, they want to be good really quickly and stuff. And I talked to a couple of girls and stuff, and they were like, I just want to be good. And I was like, how many matches? About? She's like, oh, 12. I'm like, you, you, you don't even know that, you know what I mean? You don't know, like, you don't know how bad you are as a wrestler, in my opinion, until you're about 100 matches in, because you, you, you just. 
you just need to get reps in. You just need to work different styles, different shows. Like some some places, like they do the big high spots. Other places, like 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 the family crowds, want to be worked and stuff. They want you want to be able to kind of do the bouillies and and all that. And like people use the term camp show style wrestling, it's wrestling. You know what I mean? And it's and it's just it depends what crowd you're in. You work a different style to that to that. And uh, that that Pete match, like I said, I go back to that match fondly because. And there's a couple other guys after this point, but uh, I remember that being the first point where I was like, I am so bad at wrestling. And uh, yeah, what a time to learn it, right? I just can ch- the match changing yeah. on the fly in the middle of the ring. There's about 500 people in the on that night as well. And I was just like, you know, so yeah. It was absolutely round that night. And um, even looking back at it, you can see them, you can see everybody in the foyer kind of watching it. But even building up to that, before you had the peak match, I remember the last show they had in Rodney Craig in that massive tent. Before they moved over to the Neon, you um, ended up wrestling Mark Andrews for the All Wales yeah. title then, and that's yeah. three years before you actually won the belt properly. Um, yeah. that, was, that was actually my first Dragon Pro show as well. Um, that I was like sat there for that. They had the Battle Royal uh, where they had the little finish, and then you ended up having a good was it five ten minutes with uh, Mark Andrews during that match as well. So I wrestled him at the start of the show. I had, I had like a 10, 15 minute match from then, and then I won the Battle Royal because I had the belt and I was like a champion for like five seconds and then they did the gimmick then where they like they had mark come out there and we ended up in the rumble and stuff and uh that's when he beat me for the belt and i was like oh great because uh that first neon match in was that bloody um ladder match Do you remember that ladder match at the... well, i remember the you walking get, into it yeah. you can see it top there um i can see it yeah yeah like i still got that poster but i, I remember going up that ladder match and having a point of like going to kill myself so i took a bump off a ladder through the ring the worst bump i've ever taken um i took a oh i honestly i came up that way i had my i had a thick lip my all my arm was purple it was yeah yeah but that that, that was that was that was just three months of dragon but i was like mark andrews four man ladder match peak down like what a crazy time like back so early on in my career as well you know it worked out well though i mean dragon pro I, I know you mainly like wrestling while it's through Dragon Pro because it, luckily the Neon's only probably about two minutes from my house. So going to see the shows and it, the shows are really decent. It's nice to see like you guys who are established who have been doing it for many, many years. But then you've mm. got uh, people coming up and through it, like the Danny Lunas, for example, who only just started now uh, smashing it in NXT UK and yeah. seeing them learn and progress through that. It, it's cool to see because you see some people who use the term green, they're starting out and they, they're new with it. And then you see them two, three years later, and you can see a massive difference. Um, I think, what's his name, Psychotic Sid was one of them. At first, yeah. I didn't know his character at all, didn't know what he was. Um, and I've seen him like do gimmick changes and all sorts of managers. It's great to see. Um, and then when eventually you do see some people on, uh, on the telly as well, it, like you, you're like, hang on a minute, I know that person. I think it was um, Josh, was it Josh Holly? I was yeah. watching the hit list on BBC, and all of a sudden I'm like, hang on a minute, that guy's on Dragon Pro. Yeah. It's great to see. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing as well, because like you, you could be wrestling for like three, four, five years, and, and and some people can be wrestling for that long, but it's like what are you doing in that three or four years or five years? Are you wrestling once a month, like or are you wrestling like all week, every week, wrestling better people all the time, you know what I mean? And I think Danny Lumen is a prime example there who came into Dragon Pro and she done she did a like she did like two years before that, but it was like wrestling once a month and training at a school where you know, and is evil or, or evolutionary and, and and don't get me wrong. There's some good people here, but like the training probably wasn't for her, like you know what I mean. So she, when she came to Dragon Pro, she just learned more and more. She started training like an athlete, becoming an athlete, and she got signed. And and kudos to her because she got a massive upside to her, and she's a great, great girl. And um, now she might be in, in in the job a lot less than a lot of people, 
but in that time, who she's surrounded by, who she's working with, you know what I mean? She's going to learn a lot quicker, a lot faster, being surrounded by, obviously, like, you know, the James Masons of the world, the Johnny Mosses, Bo, Flash, you know, um, Eddie Dennis, Pete Dunn, you know, they're all there, all the best wrestlers in the UK and, and some in the world, to be honest with you, all in XUK. So even though experience is a lot less than some or most, she's getting more out of less because she's with the better people. And you've got some, I see some, I've seen some wrestlers that's like 10, 12 years and they're like, big veterans and all that they wrestle once a month or three times a year you know what i mean that, that's not that's not 12 years wrestling experience that's that's three matches a year you know what i mean and i'm just like it's what you do in the time in the tenure that you have and like you know i've i i you know I, i'm probably one of the most active rest, wrestlers on the welsh scene anyway especially during the pandemic it's like i wrestled way more than everyone else during the pandemic and and even before that i was like i, was, I had like 2019 i had about 147 matches and then obviously it was kind of like and every year before that, I was like doing like 90, 80, 100, you know what I mean? I was kind of busy, you know what I mean? So even though I haven't been messing as long as like some people on the scene, I've kind of done more with the less time that I've had because I'm always active, I'm always busy, I'm always in there with better wrestlers to get better. And, you know, I've had better experiences because I've wrestled better wrestlers and I've kind of grown a lot because I've been in those situations. And, you know, some people have done that as well. You know, you look at them. Um, uh, you know, the Beanos, the Elijahs of the world, uh, you know, and other, other Dragon Ball guys, well, Danny Jones, for example, you know, all, all these guys, you know, they've 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 been around longer or shorter, but they've had better experiences because they mean they were better wrestlers and they can get better faster and they want it more, you know. No, how have you um how have you found the pandemic then? How did that affect you specifically in regards to promotions and bookings and work i imagine of course it was a complete stop for quite a prolonged period how did you adjust to that and then adjust getting back into the fold oh well so it's like i i was never in my house so like i'm always I, honestly i would spend four days in work two like three days in rest and training uh, and i'd be resting friday thursday friday saturday sunday most 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 weeks and so i went from never being in my house to always being in my house first and foremost so that sucked completely um <laughs> but then like Rev Pro were the first to kind of do some no fan shows and stuff, and and obviously like at this point none of us were in shape because we hadn't been in a ring, and and there's nothing you can do for wrestling training in the wrestling condition. Is everyone who thinks they can be a wrestler step in the ring and do a ten minute match, and I guarantee you, you'd be gas to the gills. It's nothing like it, right? It's nothing like it. Um, and I try cross it and all that, but the gyms are closed, so I was just gymming in the house and stuff and doing the occasional runs and stuff. Didn't prepare me anyway, so we did these no fan shows and. And I think the no fan shows really kind of helped in a way because it kind of solidified that you can wrestle. You know what I mean? And I think some people, some people you've watched like the no fan shows, some people got exposed because some people need a crowd to kind of work. And, and then it, it shows like, you know, uh, holes in their game where other people become solid wrestlers and stuff. And I like to think I was one of those people who kind of was good in the no fans era because fundamentally, regardless of wrestling character, wrestling this, wrestling that, I, I fundamentally learned wrestling because I think in order to be a good wrestler, you need to learn basics and wrestling first. And then obviously if you have a character, you want a character and then go down that avenue um, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, I like the no fan shows because I learned a lot because I did a like a five match series with Ken Arfenny and like in terms of wrestling promotions, that was the first time where I've really been given like a series of matches because normally you get booked once a month and because it was like, we did five matches over the space of like three days. It was like, all right, where do we, how do we do, how do we tell this story? And in the first match of the series, we did way too much and we, we kind of cocked it up because we were like, oh, we just killed ourselves out there in front of no fans. So the bumps hit more. And then like, after we spoke to the promoter and Andy Quilden, who's done so much for me, he was like, um, you know, you got to tell a story with these matches. So make the next match shorter, but tell stories. And then we did that. 
And by the fifth match, and we kind of went back to the first match where we did a lot of stuff, but we had stories in between where I was selling my arm and stuff, and and he was working, he was trying to chase me with my arm and stuff, and eventually we kind of got to that point where like we paid off stuff that happened in the previous matches in the final match. Whereas if we didn't do so much in the first match, it would have been better. But no, that was something I learned, and I was like, oh okay, fair enough. And um, yeah, the pandemic just cocked everything up because I was on a roll, man. Before before before. Um, before COVID hit, you know, I'd wrestled Zach Sibber Jr. That was another experience where I realized how much better of a wrestler I got. I'd wrestled all these wicked people. I wrestled York Hall twice, you know, I wrestled Red Narita, who couldn't speak really much English, and we had a match there, you know. I followed Pack and Amazing Red, which is, like, wild. <laughs> and, um, no, I, I was on a real roll, man. I, I, I got myself in real good shape. I was wrestling regularly. I was kind of making a name for myself, and then everything just stopped. So to go from that and on the cusp of doing something special to like back to a pandemic and wrestling in front of no fans, it sucks, but it tells you that you want it, you know, because you wouldn't wrestle in front of no fans if you didn't love it because it hurts, man. And that's what I can solidify for me. Whereas like, you know, I still got a few years left me yet. You know what I mean? I go, I'm still young. So I want to be able to kind of just get out of my system and, and uh, yeah, I just fell back in love with wrestling, I guess, because it was hard because it's hard, it's hard to love wrestling when, you're not getting the reactions of things that you think you and you know and you just like it's been tough like sometimes i fall out of love of wrestling sometimes i don't watch it at all but then it just brings you back in and you had that one match that one moment and even as recent as sunday i had that moment on sunday where i was just like i'm back in like you know what i mean and it's just one of those things yeah i know what you mean. i mean with the uh, the rev pro stuff as well uh, i know you've been posting quite a bit as well um of what's been happening we've seen the thing with um doug williams as well you've been starting the team with him um, how did that come about? Well, this this is a thing, see, because like Doug Williams for me is like if you, if I look at my wrestling career and watch people I used to love watching growing up, Doug Williams is in easily my top ten, right? He, he like his stuff in Ring of Honor. He did a, like his TNA when the stuff in Ring. Of Honor. I remember doing a triple threat matches, him, AJ Styles, and Loki. They just had the most mental triple threat match. Obviously, all his pure Ring of Honor matches and all that as well. He's like one of the best British wrestlers last thirty years, right? And um. Andy came in with an idea of like, all right, we're going to graduate you all out of the contenders division. And uh, there's a few of us in there. And I, he put, put me, Gabe Kidd in there and uh, obviously his own guys. And obviously me and Gabe had a bit more experience than the rest of his guys because we, we were quite everywhere anyway. But it was good for me to strip away my gimmick and just let me wrestle because that's what I love doing fundamentally. And me and Chris, you've had arguments about that all the time about like, <laughs> he's like, oh, you should have a character. I'm like, I like like wrestling and you'll get over if you're good at wrestling. And uh, it's starting to happen for me now. But uh, yeah, anyway, um, Andy's pitched this idea of kind of like, why don't you kind of um, do this thing with Doug? And I, he sent me a video, which is like an hour long video of like a, of a certain angle, which happened in the past of like in the 60s and stuff. And I won't tell you because it's, it's playing out and it'll be really good when it comes to, when it comes to a head. But um, yeah, just being in the ring with Doug Williams, man, like I wrestled him in Southampton about four months ago. I, it was a dream thing for me. Like, you know what I mean? To, to say I wrestled Doug Williams is like, one of the coolest things ever, you know, and I uh, to tag with him now is just I'm picking his brain, man. Like he, he he's he's a master, you know. What I mean, he's he's one of those people who just like one of the best to ever do it, and it's just uh, insane. Like he's wrestled Ric Flair, and I'm tagging with him. Like you know, what I mean, what what the <laughs> hell, you know? So yeah, it's pretty wicked. It's crazy because some of the things I've seen of Doug Williams, like you said, I I know Doug Williams from. Um, so I used to watch a lot of Impact on TNA and mm. uh, watched him go through the sort of British invasion storyline that he was doing. And he was always one of these ones that was very ground and pound and grapple based. But yes. he did have a good character and a lot of facials as well. Yes. Um, so like when you think about like when he's teaming up with you, 
um, and you know you, you um, a, a strong grappler but a hard hitter as well. Mm. Um, you think of sort of the styles with it. It's kind of like a protege kind of thing. Like you're the yeah. apprentice. That's how it comes across. And like you've got obviously you've got two tag team partners at the moment. Um, yes. But having Doug Williams as one of your tag team partners, I must like like you said, like, you take on so much that he teaches you, like in ring and some of the little things that he might tell you as well. They must be like a goldmine. Oh, mate. Like literally, I I realize for any any time I've ever done about wrestling, I think to myself like, what am I actually doing now? Like you know, what I mean, I'm on I'm in two tag teams. One's on a WWE network, and one is with Doug Williams in Rev Pro. Like like, I wrestled your call with Doug Williams like in a tag team and stuff. You know, what I mean, it's like insane. Yeah, it's it's always a learning curve, and I'm generally blessed. And it's nice now because I'm actually on talking terms with him now as well, which is again surreal to me because. When I was a kid, I used to watch a lot of TNA. I used to watch a lot of Doug Williams. I was a big fan of Doug Williams, especially the Ring of Honor stuff as well. You know, I used to watch a lot of that too when I was growing up. And uh, no, it's humbling, man. Real, real humbling. Because you must mark out sometimes. I know that you came to one of my pub quizzes like five years ago and you brought uh, Steph with you, Tegan Knox. And I just like, big, you know, big fan, even though she was just in NXT at the time. And I was like, I can't even speak. Like, I can't (laughs) speak to you. I was like, I can't even speak. Hello. Just give yeah. a wave. It was Christmas, it was. I remember it was a Christmas quiz. And I ended up yeah. managing to say, do you want to play the quiz? And would you like a Christmas cracker? And that's about it. And then I went up in <laughs> yeah. my booth. Yeah, that was weird, though. Because I was in the pub. Because I don't see her like that. Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, she's on, she's a girl. Like, I, when I first started wrestling with, like, I used to, like, like actively force myself to talk to her. Because she was just so shy and quiet. And obviously, I talked to her to death. Eventually, I broke it down, and um, we became friends ever since. And um, I don't see her as like this major thing, like you know. What I mean, so when she came to the pub and I saw you guys, and I was like, oh, actually, she is a big deal, actually. And I, I seen, I was in Nando's with her as well about a day or two later, and I, the same thing happened. Like where people just recognize her, and I was like, oh, okay, so it is a bit different now, I guess. So, um, but no, I, I you know, that's that's pretty cool. And uh, now I speak to her like almost every week as well because me and her, like, I don't think people realize how close we are. We are like super close, um, because obviously we started out together and stuff, and. And uh, yeah, she she is one of the best mates, and uh, I know stuff is rough with it. Well, I don't. I think, I think she's in a better mood now, actually, since since the news of her. So I'm um, fingers crossed I get to see her soon, and uh, hopefully we get a wrestle one day because we never wrestled before. So that'd be pretty cool. Hopefully, I I did see the tweet last week where mm. you're like, "I'll fight you," and that would be yeah. something. Like you said, you fought Dimiteo, um last week or on the weekend, and she's mm. been on NXT UK, seen her on a few other different shows, um, and on Twitter as well. Like people have been singing her praises, saying how amazing she is like i haven't seen her live but like seeing you wrestle steph would be absolutely insane oh, like the first match awesome. i saw her wrestle she faced um kimberly um in Chicago oh, yeah. came oh, to oh my god right i saw yeah i remember that, that was shikara right in the neon that's that, it. i was on merch that day and that's the first day pete said to me you want to wrestle me and that was when i started training wrestling and two years later he did <laughs> the shikara show was special man i remember steph and kimberly i'm now that was a wicked match, right? I remember that show being that show was awesome, man. I remember that show very well. All of it, because Ruby Riot was on it. She was in like yep. a four man, um, four man dance, and she was the only woman in there. And she was like playing to it, but putting on an amazing match. Um, this first time I saw Mustache Mountain as well, Trent Seven, and I'm not sure if Tyler Bate was on there, but I know that he was Pete on there. Versus Eddie Kingston and that match too, and that, that was insane. I remember, yeah, what a show, what a show that, that was. was. You can get that card up, that's a card, card of talent, that, that isn't it? Yeah. And it was only Man. like six quid a ticket as well. Like, we got it on the fly. My bro said, Oh, I've got wrestling tickets, I don't know if it'd be any good, but we'll go along. And it's like the show I mention all the time, like, probably one of the best indie events I've ever been yeah. to. You know, it beats some of the WWE events I've been to back in the day, just seeing it, seeing the, the passion of it. And I did get in a bit of trouble. I started a top knock chant at Pete Dunn back in <laughs> back in the day. And I think it was Trent Seven told me off for it. But that show, that show was incredible. And I had like yeah. ringside seats for that. And when I watched Tegan there or uh, Nixon Newell as she was, 
I was like, that girl's going to do really well. And I think it was like a year later, she was um, noted down as one of the people to be on the um, Mae Young Classic. And yeah. so chuffed to see that name because even though, like, obviously she's left WWE now, we were saying on the podcast last week, we talked about the releases and I said at the start of the podcast, I was absolutely gutted for her because how, how good she is. But someone like that, someone like um, Nixon will bounce back and be perfectly fine because yeah. even even like me watching her, didn't know her character, didn't know anything, watching her face Kimberly, I was thinking, right, you can tell she's going to go really far no matter where she goes. So, you know, the sky's yeah, sure, she, she, she'll, she'll be successful. No matter what, and I'm not worried about it in the slightest. So no, she's she's great. No, definitely. I wanted to ask you actually. Um, you, with your, I know you've got like two different wrestling personas or wrestling um, characters. Obviously, I'm wearing a t-shirt, the one right now, Workhorse, which is your sort of current one at the moment. Um, but with the uh, the Bronco character, that you had, where did that where did that come from? Was that your idea? <laughs> so like like this this is this is a thing, right? So I was in work, right, and um, I was just being myself. You know, I was just being like bantering my team and stuff in work and stuff and uh i was like oh i, I need to think of a wrestling gimmick and stuff like that and i was just like having a laugh and i was like oh i, I, I was like so i got big legs i'll come to brenzel and like my, my my manager mark looked at me and laughed he's like you're more like bronco and everyone just started laughing at me and i was like oh great and then my first day, match then i was at the show um wrestling uh i think i was wrestling um dean winters or something like that who might be some uh, anonymous masked uh, Mexican wrestler, but he's, yeah, yeah, we know who he is. And um, yeah, they just started chanting Bron got me and the rest of the crowd started chanting it. And like, obviously, and all my people in work and, uh, and my friends back home all started calling me Bronco. So it just became a nickname. So I was like, oh, that's just my nickname knowing it. So I'm just like, I'm screwed. So that's that's it. And everyone called me Bronco now. That's just like one of those things that I'm just like used to it. Like, so. Well, it's yeah. on the, it's on your Twitter handle. It's on most of your merch. Most all yeah. the commentators. Everyone knows you as Bronco now. Like, yeah, yeah. So, but the, the thing is, I, I just had to embrace it because that's my nickname. I'm just not going to get out of. Because the more you try to fight against it, the more people will call you it. So if you just embrace it, like people will still call you it, but then you'd be less bothered. But then you know what I mean. So I suppose it worked out well. Is that where like sort of the workhorse transition, like cowboy and then workhorse? Yeah, yeah. So the workhorse stuff transitioned for me because I was like, at that time, I just remember being like. When I first started wrestling, I, I generally was one of those people like I do like a fifteen mile run in the morning. I do like crazy gym session and I wrestle train afterwards. I I was just like working everyone like you know what I mean. And I, I felt at that time when I was with the cowboy gimmick, which I hated, but I I thought I needed the character again. This is one of those things where you know you you think you need something and you don't. And then because I was I've I didn't believe the character. People seen that. People knew that. And I felt other people were getting opportunities before me where they weren't ready or they didn't deserve it um and that's and that's another thing that's another thing why i had to, to change where it was like if you if you compete with other people you get better if you compete with yourself you get better and that was that kind of situation where i was like instead of instead of being like I, I was looking at these guys going why are these guys on the show why are these guys on the show and then i was just completely like well at least people can believe the walls instead of like hoagie ass cowboy you know what i mean so i was like i was fuming about it and i was just been like I remember doing a promo after a drawing push show after like a six way and I and, I, and then they asked me to do a promo and I was like I didn't want to do one because I was like I, I don't speak you know but I said something it's, it's still on me it's still on my Facebook page now and every single thing I said in there was absolutely true it was like a hundred percent real it was a hundred percent me and I was a bit like do you know what I'm sick of being something I'm not I'm gonna be everything I am I, I am like I am I am someone who works harder than anybody else I am someone who kind of trains like a freak I kind of you know I, I watch wrestling eat sleep breathe everything I was like I'm not getting the chances I deserve so instead of being something I'm not, I'm going to be everything that I am. And like to this day, right. And I know like the workout stuff is, is still true now. You know what I mean? I still train like an animal, you know, I still, I still like 
know, do crazy stuff and stuff in the gym. I got like a 150 kilo bench press, you know, and I, I've got some stupid lifts in, in, going on. But like I work my ass off and I feel like for everyone in wrestling who, who like, and this is my purely my opinion, everyone wants to get invested in a big character or, or do shortcuts and to get ahead in wrestling and be good at social media. That's fine. You do that. But ultimately, it'll catch up with you if you don't work. If you don't work hard, it'll catch up with you. Whereas I think to myself, if I become undeniable, if I work my ass off and be a good wrestler, then no matter what happens, I might not be the most over guy. I might not might not have the best gimmick. I might not have this and like that, but I will be successful because I'm working my ass off, and that's where the work wrestling comes from. And I and I, I still believe it now because that, that 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 promo I said it was in a character, but I believed everything I said. And like, and even the Sunday I did a promo on Sunday, and I said some other things as well, which I hundred percent believed. I did have a massive chip on my shoulder. And like when when I think I think wrestlers and wrestling fans and just people in general they see real things and I think the reason why I was quite popular in Wales particularly before I won the All Wales title is because people saw realness in me they, they was realness there whereas I never had that before I was a cowboy because people didn't believe it you know what I mean they didn't believe it it was like he's playing a character when you see me as I am now no, that's him that's that's him like you know what I mean and it is me and and that's kind of that's the way I like to do things and I'm not saying getting a character is wrong. But what I am saying is that if you get that character, you want to back it up with your ass and otherwise you're going to get exposed. Yeah, we saw that. I mean, I remember saying to you, like, one week, I said to you, like, you lost. And I get storytelling. Like, you you were losing a few matches in a row on Dragon Pro. And I was saying, you know, with the performance and the people that you were wrestling with, you could tell that, like you said, the workhorse, the ring general, you were calling the matches. You could see it was flowing. And you're thinking... I, you know, you're looking at it going, well, why aren't you winning? Like, it, as a like a fan of yours, like, I was getting frustrated and going, how come you're not winning? Like, there was certain people who had the belt. I'm thinking, well, you, you'd be good with the belt. And you said, oh, don't worry, things are happening. And, you know, you fast forward about a year on um, and you're picking up the All Wales title um, against Bino in the main event. Mm. Um, and that all stemmed from um, sort of what you're doing now with the Greedy Souls um, with your tag team and also um, feuding with the 198. Um, yep. Flash and ball, and that those matches are really good. And the sort of storytelling you did over a few shows, where you're coming down and like you were screwing them out of matches. I was it like a big ladder match or something, or like a big yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. But the, to go back to that point though, as well about um, Dragon Pro stuff and me losing every match, they didn't want to book me. So like the people who run in Dragon Pro at the time, um, they just they said, "How can I book it? you? Got an unbookable gimmick?" And I was like, "And I remember being on a Thursday night throw show, so they did the trainee shows attack with like attackers and stuff, and I wasn't booked." And I was like, "Oh, great, or whatever." And then eventually, somebody got hurt, so I ended up doing a match, and I just got pissed off afterwards because I had a really good match with this guy. Um, and then after, I was like, "I was like, all right, I'm 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 unbookable. Am I I'm unbookable?" So I was like, "Okay, all right, okay." So I just let that pent up and pent up, and and um, yeah, just when I kept losing, then I was like, "Okay." I keep losing, I keep losing, and I was just getting more and more angry. And like, obviously, Hitch saw that as well. And obviously, he was like, "Just keep doing what you're doing." I was like, "No, I, I know, I know." It just, just kept kept getting better and better and better until, obviously, that one nine eight thing happened, didn't it? And obviously, that 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 was a funny day because I wrestled Vertigo that day. I had to drive, wrestle another match, interfere in our match, go on the rumble, and then go in interfere in the end. So I did like five things in that, that entire show. But again, that was all because like I wasn't going to make myself like. Um, I wasn't gonna be denied anymore. So like anything he said to me, I, I was pitching ideas to him. I was like, I'm gonna do this. I want to do this and do this, and just kept on and on and on. And then when I wasn't a cowboy, then they, they had no reason not to book me because I was working hard. I, I I had a chip on my shoulder, and I was like, let me keep losing, let me keep losing. And yeah, it all happened then. You know what I mean? So I I, I won one match in drag. I won one singles match in Dragon Pro in the neon. One singles match I won. That was when I won the fifth belt. 
<laughs> I was going to say, I was thinking beforehand which ones, because you had loads and loads of matches. You, you're nearly on every other show. And yeah, yeah. You might, if I think you might have done if you had a tag team win, but yeah, that, that were main one. Yeah. And I, I, unfortunately, I missed it. I was on holiday, but luckily I managed to go back on YouTube. And I think Danny Jones did a vlog um, that's on YouTube. Oh, oh, the Lien- oh my God. That, that Leander, what an incredible wrestler he is. My God. We, we had that match, right? And we were so stressed on that match because I remember like, me, Mark, and Danny were so stressed about this match, right? Because, like, Leander's like, oh, yeah, we'll just go out there and do something. And, like, Mark's like, no, we need to get us down. And, like, no, 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 go on. Leander came, we had the match, right? And the match was wicked, right? We all came backstage, and, like, Lee was, like, chilled out. Me, Mark, and Danny just gassed the girls, and Mark went, we all learned something today. <laughs> I was just a bit like, yeah, Leander's <laughs> machine. He was just, like, insane. Uh, again, that's another re- time I realised, like, how much I got better as a wrestler. But that, that I, I diverged then. But that was one time, yeah, where I loved wrestling that day. That was, that was the best day ever. That was, I loved that. It's good that you can just like put put together with somebody and just make magic. Um, mm. and people that you haven't faced before, because I know that with promotions and stuff, you have other promotions that work with each other. It was Zach Gibson's promotion was working with Dragon Pearl at one point, yeah. and there was others. Um, so you get to see new faces then, which is quite nice for the crowd, but also nice for you because you get to, like you say, lock horns with some new people. Yeah, Leander, Leander's the best wrestler in the world. I just want to put that out there. 100%. <laughs> no, I'm serious. He is, man. He's so good. No, I was really impressed. I think I've seen him two or three times. Um, I'm not sure if he has been on the network as well. I think I may have seen either on the network or on YouTube. I've seen some of his stuff, but through the Dragon Pro stuff, you you actually see a lot. Like even with um, some of the Dragon Pro stars um, that are on the way up, like Nico Angelo as well. Um, yeah, he's great. Of- N- Nico is Nico is great. He's an anomaly. He's an exception to the rule, and he's again. He's only like 70, 80 matches in, but the experiences he's had, he wrestled Speedball, Mike Bailey, and a, a number of other people. You know what I mean? He's made a rep of debut recently again against myself. And uh, yeah, he's just doing good, man. Nico's great. Great guy. Great it's guy. Great to see and, you know, keeping an eye out. And like, I always try and watch NXT UK all the time just to keep a catch up with what's going on. I like to watch as much as I can. And I know we've seen um, Beardy. Uh, Mike Bird yeah. was on there. We've seen Danny Jones a few times and uh, we've seen Danny Luna as well. Um, and every time they're on, you know, it's really exciting to see the Dragon Pro, the Welsh guys coming through or the Welsh train guys. But has there been any sort of rumblings about potentially you might be able to work your way up there one day? Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where um, I want to be that person that they ask to bring in sort of thing. You know what I mean? I kind of, and I thought it's not, not from an argument standpoint, but I'm quite happy doing what I'm doing. Like, because like I said, when I started this wrestling career, I I, I want to make a full time living in wrestling. Obviously, now UK is a place I'd love to wrestle with, but I'm you know I'm 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 doing other good things. You know what I mean? I'm I'm doing the ref pros. I've got to wrestle some new Japan guys. You know what I mean? I got to um, AEW is going to be a thing in in the next couple of months, isn't it? No, they're going to come over. Um, so yeah, don't get wrong. I'd love to be uh, do some stuff with NXT UK. I'd love to get. I love to have a wrestling contract. Don't get wrong, because. I hate my job as much as everyone else in this group. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things where, like, you know, if it happens, it happens. And don't get me wrong, I'll, I'll actively chase opportunities because I'm not one of these people who wait to opportunities come because by doing that, you're an idiot. you got you got to hustle. And I, I do that. You know what I mean? I, I do I do talk to people and stuff. Um, but, again, I want to get there on merit and I also want to get there knowing that I'm ready. Um, so, yeah, um, never say never. Um, you know, Danny Jones is there quite regularly. I tagged him with Danny Jones, so it'd be kind of stupid to kind of ignore that fact. Um, but yeah, never say no. Let's see what twenty twenty two brings in it. You know, 
Yeah, true. I mean, you're already on the network. I watched the match earlier. Um, yeah. Which really, really solid and really good. Um, a lot of near fall finishes. And you had to go backstage and drag that ref to the ring as well, which was uh, oh, which was good to see. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of the no fans uh, match of Adam Progress. I got my confidence back during that, that time. And the the, 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 the Sunshine Machine matches and the Aces matches are really special to me. Like the first, the first uh, Aces match to me is one of my best ever matches, one of my favorite ever matches. It's like ridiculously pace. It was crazy. And from a professional wrestler standpoint, it's probably one of the best matches I've ever had. That's fair. I mean, you're going to stay in a tag team um, on on that um, sort of platform with Danny Jones. Um, I think you, with you guys with the Greedy Souls, well, there's a separate question. I mean, mm. how how is it that you got that sort of idea and that sort of name? Well, we're, we're just friends. I mean, I, I mean, Dan are like super, super like passionate people, and we want to kind of just like um, you know get there and, and kind of do everything. And uh, I think. The, our, our hunger for wrestling is kind of there and i think danny listened to like a, a liam gallagher song and he's like oh this is good and i was like okay just go ahead with it then and do it and uh it kind of i think it's just two like wrestlers with similar like-minded people like you know i mean who just wants to kind of get good at wrestling have the best matches and kind of do that and i think if you look at the drag pro before they stopped like the last couple of months greedy souls matches were the best matches so yeah and they put together some good little um stories with it it flowed throughout the show and, and things were happening and you wanted to come back every week or, or every month when the show was wrong going oh what's yeah. happening this time you know i think it was unit uh flash morgan webster's uh motorcycle helmet at one point and you bring it yeah. to the ring and you were trying to put it on your head but it was too small <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and the, but i think even even the, those shows or the danny match or, or the brendan match you know they, they were like the best matches you know what i mean and that's something to take proud and played in because we wanted to just do that you know what i mean no, no, that's fair. I mean, with the with the sort of Dragon Pro, I know that you're the All Wales champion. Um, but do you have any other sort of championships that you hold at the moment with other companies as well? Um, no, I don't have any other um, belts at the moment. I think I've only ever won like what have I won? I won a Dragon Pro Tag Titles, the All Wales Championship, the Evo Heavyweight Championship. Uh, yeah, I've only ever won three titles in my career. Like again, that that, that might change in twenty twenty two. We'll see where it goes. Uh, looking at the Rev Pro Undisputed British Heavyweight Championship, which I'm going to. Uh, Definitely put a stake in for next year, because um, that Osprey match—that's going to happen. That—that's the one match I really want. And, and when that match got announced with me versus Will Osprey, I was so excited because that was the last one on my bucket list of people I really wanted to wrestle. You know, I mean, Walter was another one, but obviously that might not happen. No, but Will was someone. When he had COVID, I was dev obviously I was devastated because I wanted him to be healthy and stuff. But at the same time, I was like, that would have changed my career. Though, if that would have really changed it because I know how good Will is, and I know that. You know, I, I don't have to be another level. I just have to be my best level to give him a, a match with life. And I, and I feel like I would have had the match of my life against the Osprey. So, oh, you yeah. would have. I was devastated, mate, because the next day then, it's <laughs> like, going to be me, Doug, and RKJ against Osprey and the Young Guns. And like the, the entire booking had to change because because like, we can do that match. So I was like devastated, but it is what it is, isn't it? I'd be good. I've only ever seen uh, Will Ospreay in one match. It was when they were doing World of Sport and they came to the Newport Centre. Oh, uh, he's, he's, he's the best wrestler in the world. Like, There's no argument for me. I, I think Will Ospreay is the best in the world. Uh, there's bigger stars out there, don't get me wrong, but I think best wrestlers, Will Ospreay, you can do everything. You can do everything. Any company would kill to have him. Um, and you, you can see that. And even when he was on World of Sport, he came to Newport Centre. Then he messaged Martin Kirby and they had a match where it revolved around a stretching a stretching band and yeah, 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 yeah,
mass massively, and, that, and that's that's how it is, you know. Um, and uh, people people remember moments, don't they? You know, and I think um, when that defend tournament comes out on the weekend, if you buy it on VOD, there's so many moments in that which people will take away from that. And I think, I think again, wrestling's about moments, you know. And I think the best wrestlers are the ones who kind of give you stuff to remember. So we'll all speak that. No doubt. That, yeah. And, you know, you've had your moments as well. We all remember, you know, because you're a friend, but also some of the things that we've seen, um, you know, some of the moments you've had have been um, absolutely spectacular, the, the Pete Dunn thing um, and some of the, the other sort of standout matches that you've had and the development that you've had in your career. Um, yeah. But just sort of like winding down with that as well. Is there um, any any sort of uh, promotion that you're aiming at? I know we mentioned NXT UK, but um, is it maybe things, um, is there places like ICW or... Um, well, I did, I did ICW back in 2017, very right. early on in my career I did ICW, it was me and Dino against the Kings of Catch, uh, that was a real fun one in Bristol, but yeah, I want to get to ICW again, but this time, as myself, as as someone who, with, with Danny, for example, I'd love to go up here with Danny, Green Souls, because I think tag team wrestling is like, there's a bit of a void there, and I think me and Danny be a solid team up there, uh, OTT is one place I really want to go, um, and then obviously when the world opens up a bit then, uh, Bring AEW over here, you know what I mean? Uh, let, let's wrestle some of those guys. Um, yeah, bring the NXT UK over here, you know what I mean? When when they start coming to... Because in my my heart of hearts, right, if NXT come to Wales and I'm not on that show, I'll be, like, heartbroken because I know I can offer something. Um, and I think, again, when it comes to Welsh wrestlers at the moment, I think probably, you know, I'm probably the most active um, without being appearing on NXT UK before. So, uh, yeah. I really want to do that um, if they come to Wales. Um, yeah, there's so many things I still want to do. You know what I mean? I got I got plenty of time. I got easy another 10 years. I mean, you know what I mean, I, I just want to kind of just, I, I just want to wrestle the best wrestlers regularly on a regular basis. And that's where Rev Pro and that's where progress is. And that's why I'm at. And then so you, you got the other good companies then, like hopefully Chaos will make a return soon. You got um, good wrestling coming back up. You got Evil coming back up. You know, rest, wrestling's coming back. It's still not, it's, I'm still not as busy as it was before the pandemic because things are coming back in drabs and dribs and drabs. But it's starting to kind of feel like normality again now, and let's just hope that uh, COVID uh, stays away um, or it's manageable so we can uh, get some shows back in Wales. Cause I, I'm desperate for a promotion to come back in Wales because obviously Drag Pro can't, like, it's, it's down now, it's not going to come back. Whereas uh, there should be some other promotions in Wales now because I think the Welsh scene is dying and it doesn't need to. And I, I want it to come back in a good way. And I know Slam Master's doing some good things. Um, like it's one or two others out there as well, which is starting to make it come back. But we need, we need like, no, we need to lead from the front. You know, what I mean, we've got, we've got Dragon Ball are the best coaches, the best wrestlers, and we help the scene massively. And I feel like that needs to come back in some way or or, or some form. Um, because I'm talking about Wales more than anything else now, because obviously the UK is a huge thing. And I've wrestled in Leeds, I've done everything, but uh, I'm passionate about wrestling in my own in my own city, like you know, um, my own country. So. No doubt, yeah, and we want to see it week. as well. First time in two years in Cardiff, which is crazy, right? I'm glad I missed out on it. I um, I was saying to the lads I wanted to go along to it, but things ended up happening, so I couldn't end up going to the show. But I've seen the videos of what happened. You managed to get over and get the win as well, which was good to see. Yeah, man, that that, that match was crazy because the crowd, like honestly, for for for, for the crowds I'm used to when walk about these like three four hundred, there was only about 120 people there, but they were so loud. It was crazy. Like, and I think that 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 tells everything about the Welsh scene. There, you know what I mean, it's like. They might sometimes might not be the biggest girls, but definitely the loudest. And obviously, yeah, most of my wrestling's in London though, which kind of like breaks my heart a little bit because <laughs> I just have to travel like four hours there and back all the time. And uh, yeah, I don't complain because I love it, but 
it took me three years to wrestle in London. Now I'm there all the time. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely nice having it on the doorstep. You know, like I said, the neon is only two minutes around the corner from my flat. Um, yeah. And being able to see wrestling all the time. I think at the time you don't realise like how much of a privilege it is that you've got wrestling on your back doorstep. Um, yeah. I know with like, when we when Taron was talking about him and Jamie, they were going to the wrestling event and they were pumped all day to go and see it and really excited to go see live wrestling again. And yeah. I agree with you, Bring, yeah. you know, we need something in Wales. Um, I, I was tempted to even drive up to uh, Blackpool and watch the wrestling event with the lads just because I wanted to go see live wrestling. Yeah. So it's one of those things, you know, the closer the better. It's one of the best. Live wrestling is the best one, you know what I mean? That's like, I remember before I got into wrestling and stuff, and obviously when I was recovering from surgery and stuff, um, I just remember going to see Attack all the time, and, uh, you know, I remember I took an ex-girlfriend to Attack show as well, you know what I mean? It was just like, it was hilarious, like, you know what I mean? It was, it was, live wrestling is the best, and I think, uh, you know, as much as I don't, I still watch wrestling, but nowhere near as much as I used to, but it's like, if you ask me to watch a live, a pay, if you watch me a pay-per-view or go to a live show, I'll go to a live show all day long, just because I love it. Absolutely. Every time. And you like you know when you talk about getting people into wrestling as well, like somebody who's never watched it, you say to somebody, Oh yeah, I wrestle. You'd rather say, Oh, I'll tell you what, come and watch a live show with me than say, Oh, should we sit down and watch Raw or SmackDown? Because it's like a panto and you, you yeah. could get a bad show or a good show. But with live wrestling, it doesn't really matter because most of the time they've got a bar, you can have a beer. If it's really yeah. bad, you can just go to the bar. If it's really good, you can just go there. And the amount of people you've got around you as well um you know wrestling people wrestling fans and everybody's talking about it and um getting involved it's, it's nice being in that atmosphere it's a very friendly atmosphere as well um so for getting somebody into wrestling it's really good just to sit them down and say like, i'm not even going to explain it if you want me to explain it i can <laughs> just sit and watch <laughs> and it's just the most entertaining thing in the world yeah i, I had to try to explain the love making demon to someone before from attack and i just couldn't it's just like, <laughs> love it yeah. so we, we're gonna wrap up um in regards to today's podcast um but while we wrap up we've just got a couple of quick fire questions Taren's oh it's the old through. quick fire questions, the quick round, fire questions. Here we go. Nothing, nothing too complex but taryn's got a few um general you know like if, if you're a wrestling like um so you're at a comic-con and there's a wrestler there and these are the questions that every single person gets asked oh these are the questions that you hate being asked these are <laughs> oh, okay. absolutely so yeah get ready for this this will be the highlight of your day this will here we go Five quick fire questions for you, Brendan. On the clock, I say on the clock. There's no clock. Go for it. So go on then. Your favourite match that you've had? Oh, um, I've had so many. Uh, uh, it's hard to name one. Um, I think I think one probably just because of the uh, the venue, uh, the, the kind of the breakout moment and stuff like that. I'd probably say versus Gabriel Kidd at your call. Um, that's, I opened the show. It was a 10 minute wicked match, but I've had some wicked matches. Zach Sabre Jr. was a great match. A proper like overlook match. It's really, really good. Um, Ball, I guess, it just ran the show in Legisol. We had a wicked match there where like, again, the crowd boo booed me and cheered him and then we had to change the match and he was just the best. Uh, obviously, Pete was special to me. Mark Mark Davis at uh, Attack, which is another like best stand ovation there. That was wicked. Um, yeah, I've had so many, but I think I think the Gabe Kid one was like if if you want to look at like pure wrestling and stuff like that and the kind of style of wrestling I like, it's ten minutes of just like a proper polished wrestling match. And uh, if you want, Dan, I got that on YouTube. Mate. I'll send you that link for that in a bit. Yeah, please do. It's real good. Fantastic. Best match you've seen live? Independent match. Uh, 
Wild Boar versus Will Osprey. What a match that was. That was when the world realized what I knew already that Boar's one of the best wrestlers in the world. That was insane. It's on attack. You gotta watch that match. I, that, it's very rarely you see me lose my shit at the show and I've jumping around and I was going nuts because uh, yeah, that was an incredible match. Yeah. We'll take Will Osprey out of the equation. Who do you want to wrestle that you haven't wrestled yet? Uh Walter, um, he was somebody that 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 might have happened to Dragon Pro one time. I got I found out mm. about that before it couldn't happen. So uh, yeah, oh, yeah. gutted. I would have loved to have seen that. Mm. Going onto the American scene, then your go-to or favorite WWE Impact Ring of Honor just pay-per-view event, or even just match that if you're in the mood for it, you want to switch the network on, or you just want to switch on YouTube, you go to match or pay-per-view. Um, the go-to match is Eddie versus Brock Lesnar. No way out, 2004. No way out, yeah. Um, the pay-per-view is Survivor Series 2002. Ooh. The first ever Elimination Chamber, where Sean, Sean wins it. Yeah. And what, what was the other one then? The go-to... Was oh, no, no, that was it. You match your pay-per-view. So, okay. yeah, you've picked two favourites of us. We're always talking about Survivor Series 2002 on this podcast. We are. Yeah. Every week, I feel like we talk about that event. Um yeah, and finally, just your, your favourite venue then that you've wrestled in. Favourite venue? Um, it got to be your call, I think. Uh, your call is just like the mecca of British wrestling, you know what I mean? It's like, I remember the first time I walked out because I opened the show. I've never been into a show of that scale before. Was like 1,500 people there. The hall was huge. It was so loud. It was. It felt big time, like, you know what I mean? And obviously that, uh, neon for the other reasons, and obviously the Cardiff Bingo as well, uh, Katie's Bingo, because that's like, Real special place. Yeah. No, I couldn't name one. There's, there's three there. But sorry, I didn't name all three. Fantastic. No, that'll do. That's brilliant. So as we wrap it up then, Brendan, so what's coming up in the very near future for you? Where you're at next? Where can people see you? Uh, I'm in the 229 in London on Sunday, uh, followed by Bristol Trinity Centre on the 12th of December. And then I'm in Portsmouth on the 18th of December. And then I'm in... Uh, where am I to? In Satan Yachts on the 27th of December, then I believe. Uh, all for Rev Pro and SWW, respectively. And then hopefully, then next year, I kick off some new promotions, new opportunities. Might travel overseas, you never know. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of winding down for the rest of this year now just because, um, yeah, just because just I, I think I'm just tired of everything at the moment and just kind of. Burned the candle at both ends a little bit, but I'll give it everything for these last couple of shows I got. Um, and then obviously, we hit the ground running in January onwards. Then, fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining us this week. It's been eye opening, it's been interesting, and it's great to just get a well, an in depth look from somebody who's doing it on a regular basis. So, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no worries. Bring me back anytime, just ask me properly, Dan, right? And I'll do it, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll do. Not just off the cuff. Not just off the cuff in the pub. I'll make sure to do it properly next time. Don't All right, mate. Please do. Basically right. official. Brilliant. Just before we sign off, then, Dan, where can everybody find us on the socials? Yeah, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on the Adidas, your Spotify, your Apple Podcasts. Make sure you click your like and you subscribe. But we're also available on your Facebook, your Instagram, and more importantly, on your Twitter. Feel free to give us a follow. We'll try and follow you back. But yeah, drop us your comments, your likes. Always like hearing from you guys. And we are at GrappleCast Show. Thanks very much for joining us, everybody, this week. We will be back next week with 
God knows what. I'm sure there'll be a raw to review. Golden eggs. Yeah, golden eggs. Oh, we'll have to get into that again, won't we, next week? <laughs> we spoke about that too much already. But thank you very much, everybody, for listening to us. And thank you again to our guest, Brendan, this week. See you next week, guys. Hey. Hold one. Arm drag. Rep screwed rep. It's me, Austin. I did it for the rock. Oh, shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Number four, armbar. I am Sir Michael.